Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. I promised you EJ Raddick on Friday, and we got you EJ Raddick from NHL Now on the NHL Network. Try to get an update on what's happening NHL-wise. And also, I find it to be a calming influence. I find that when I hear EJ, I become stress-free. So if nothing else, EJ, I think you're a calming influence on right now is a nation in crisis. Well, I can I can tell you, my daughter would completely disagree with you. Um, okay. You know, she seems anything I say would be is, is stressful to her. So it's like here's a million dollars. She would, for some reason, there'd be stress. <laughs> but uh, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. I try to be. I try to take the. Um, you know, try to look at the big picture. That's it. Before we uh, speak. And I wanted and I wanted to keep it going. We're going to have some fun during the course of the next uh, you know few weeks, as it looks like the NHL at least is going to be shut down. I, I I believe for the foreseeable future, so we'll have some fun. But I figured since we have EJ on, try to get you know official word. We were just talking off the air that there's not going to be much more information. You're going to go in today to do your NHL um, network shows, but then that'll be it after today. So what yeah, what do we know yeah. as of right now, moving forward with the league? Well, that is the one thing. You know, I know those of you who, who watch the NHL Network, and we're very appreciative of that. Uh, we had had um, we had started out with the idea of doing an hour show, kind of like we, we do in the summer. And then as, as things have moved forward here, um, and I think everybody who's who's paying attention knows. I mean, the, we they have, you know the federal government, the state and local officials. I mean, people have really. Uh, you know, kind of clamp down on this as they should, I might add. And uh, so I'm, I'm thrilled that, uh, you know, that people are, uh, you know, taking this very, very seriously as they should. Hopefully we can get through it quickly and, uh, you know, move forward. So we are now, after today, we will be doing, uh, we, we will no longer be doing the one-hour show. And um, we will just, uh, you know, we will be ready if there's news, if there's things we will be able to uh, react to those things accordingly. Now, from the league today, there was, uh, you know, a, a statement, and uh, the players are now allowed to leave their respective cities and go to their homes. Um, I believe that once they get there, they're supposed to self-quarantine for 14 days, so that's another thing that they'll have to do. Um, and I guess the idea is that perhaps they're hopeful after 45 days they could talk about the idea of uh, you know opening facilities and maybe getting back playing at some point in 60 days, you know, right around May 1st, it, it seems like. But again, these things are all fluid; they're all yeah. liable to be changed, and that's kind of where we are today. I mean, it's it's, it's amazing, Donnie, when I think about it. I mean, last Monday, I mean, we're coming in to do our NHL show and doing a spot with you and. You know, you didn't have any idea the world was going to change so dramatically as it has. But, uh, you know, I think we're all a little bit, uh, you know, uncomfortable in new routines. And we'll have to get used to that for the next little bit for the greater good. And hopefully everybody will. Yeah, everything happens so quickly. But the, the CDC's recommendation over the weekend of no mass gatherings for the next eight weeks probably puts us somewhere around May 10th 
as yeah. a possibility, and I think everybody's looked at that as kind of the target date. So let's just go under those parameters right now. Obviously, you'd have to have some sort of a training camp when you return, right? Because you'll be talking about no games for pretty much two months. Even if guys work out, it's not like the a basketball or baseball where they can go into a cage or or they can shoot around in their backyard. I mean, ice is only you know limited availability to go out there and scrimmage and and, and just work yourself up to to do what you do for a living. How long do you think it would take if they are able to come back May first or May tenth to be able to logistically step back on the ice and compete? Well, that's a that's a great question. Um, I think. I don't think it would take a a lot of time. I think it would take, uh, you know, it would take some time. It depends on how long we're talking. But I think these guys are, you know, these are the most well-conditioned athletes uh, in this era. I mean, you're, you know, when you talk about sports in general and hockey in particular, I don't think we've ever seen athletes that are more well-conditioned than they are now. So, um so I don't think it would take too long, but I mean, you have to have some time and I mean, we're up against the clock here in, 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 yeah. in terms of uh, how things are going to move forward. And again, really, I mean, we can speculate all we want and the, you know, the CDC can put out their, their guidelines, which I think are great and give people a real idea of what's ahead, but we may go 20 days down the road and we may need more time or we might need, somewhat less time we don't know right so i think really at the end of the day it really depends on the time i think that uh, they're up against it i think you know we've seen work stoppages in the past time that's different because you can go and you can train on your own and work out it'd be a little bit more difficult now although i would probably suggest that a lot of these guys probably have the facilities within their home even to work out and to train to some degree um there's not a lot of time so i would think that it would ramp up relatively quickly but again that's pretty much speculation on my part um the other thing and again everything is on the table gary bettman said that that you know there's so many different avenues they can go but just if somebody's been close to the league for a long time how do you anticipate them returning Uh, let's say it's may 10th do they finish the 12 to 14 games left on everybody's schedule do they limit that number to say six do they just say we're going to take the 16 best winning percentages and put them into the postseason? What do you think the league is looking at from that standpoint? Well, I think that there's a lot of, as you just said, there's a lot of things on the table. Depends on the timing. Um, I think that if we get into, I mean, as it looks now, we're looking at May, right? I mean, I don't think we're going to be finishing the season in May and then starting the playoffs. So I think we may end up going right into the playoffs. If that's the case, I mean, do we? how do we decide? I mean, you know, I talked to a uh, you know, a couple of people yesterday, and they said, well, maybe you roll back everybody to 68 games, right? Because some teams have played 68, some teams have played a few more. So maybe you roll everybody to 68, and wherever the numbers land at 68, that's what you do, because that's an even number of games. Now, I'm sure the people that are are impacted uh, in a negative way by that decision will certainly uh, not be happy with that. Right. Um, there's, I know looking at it yesterday, if you were to just draw a cutoff at 70 points, you would have 12 teams in the center, or 12 teams in the East and 12 teams in the West. And you could create a 12 team bracket on either side and create a 24 team tournament, which is, you know, I've heard that mentioned so far. And that could be something that could be done. But the problem there is that if you have that kind of setup, you're likely looking at buys for the top teams and they may feel that's a competitive disadvantage to have 
you know, the teams five through 12 on each side play a, uh, you know, play a two out of three or a three out of five series to give them the benefit of having played a little bit. So there's always, I think, any way you slice it, Don, there is sure. going to be things that we're going to be wondering about. There's going to be teams that feel they got undercut a little bit. But I think, um, you know, in this circumstance, which is so, you know, unprecedented and it's kind of an act of God occasion, really, um, you know, I don't think there's a perfect solution for it. And I think that the league will, and the board of governors will sit down and try to manage this as best they can. I think if we're lucky enough to be able to get back playing, I think we have to consider that that is, really a great outcome and it would be thrilling to have a Stanley Cup playoffs and a, and a, and a chase for the Stanley Cup. So that will be something that will be on the plate of the Board of Governors and the Commissioner and the Deputy Commissioner and everybody involved in making the decision. And, um, you know, in the end, if there are people that are unhappy with it, whatever they decide, I think the bigger picture is that, hey, aren't we thrilled that we are in the situation to be playing because mm-hmm. there's really no guarantee of that right now. No, there's no question about that. And the other thing, too, is unfortunately the NHL is kind of used to rejiggering their schedule because they have had two 48-game seasons because yeah. of the lockout. We have crowned champions late into June. Mark Cuban had mentioned on the NBA side, hey, let's play into August. Uh, you know, How do we know the television ratings are going to be poor just because it's the summer? And I, and I agree with them there, but the problem is, and Bill Daly has said this, that they don't want to affect next season. They don't want to start next season late because you went too late uh, in the season that we're in right now. So what do you think that line of, of demarcation is? How deep can you go into the summer without affecting the October start of 2021? Well, that's a that's a great question, too, and it really depends upon when we can start and how many teams they would want to include. I mean, if we're late in the game, maybe they just say, hey, the top uh, four clubs on each side are going to just have a short tournament and that's what's going to be the Stanley Cup champion this year. I mean, that's not, I don't think anything is out of the question, but I do think once you get into, you know, late July and early August in, in, in terms of playing your final games, I mean, you're in, you're in, you're in deep water because yeah. there's not a lot of time off. The, the league has a lot of business to do, some of it which it can do, other pieces of it. I don't think you can really do a draft until you determine who the final, you know, what the final standings are. Um, so that gets pushed back. And uh, if you have players playing, I don't think you could do the business of the league. So it would certainly make that a little bit more difficult. But, uh, you know, again, I think everything is on the table. I do think if you get late, you know, if this pushes, you know, into June, um, you know, it really limits the options. And, and as each day, passing day, that's the best way mm-hmm. I think I can say it, is that table, they start to get checked off as you get, you know, into April, into late April, into May, things change on a, a day-by-day basis because literally it's simply a matter of time. Yeah, and you don't want to have hurt feelings. Um, I think you got to put that aside at this point. If you're somebody, whether it's a fan, executive, player, and you want an award as a Stanley Cup champion, I don't think you can sit there and then complain if whatever system they came up with hurts you. I mean, yeah. this is still a game after way, anyway, and, and people want to see a Stanley Cup champion crown. In the initial statement about the pause of the season, the NHL did mention we want to crown a champion yeah, no, at the end of all no this. Question. But no yeah, question. 
Yeah, but you can't. I can't. You can't have hurt feelings if you decide we're going to go with the seventy-point rule. Then you know there shouldn't be op-ed pieces or people screaming and yelling that they got screwed. If they end up going with yeah. the just top four in each conference, I mean, really, at the grand right now of all the things that we have to be concerned about, as much as we love passionately the sport of hockey, but of all the things we we're concerned with, you know, making sure that our sport moves ahead is very low on the list. So yeah, I think and, you know, we, we really have to realize that. And when you think about the sports world, too, Donnie, and, you know, think about all the, I mean, the the NCAA uh, programs that they're just over now. You know, those uh, those hockey teams that were hoping to go to the Frozen Four, you know, that's over. There's, see, those those people, they, you know, uh, they're, those seniors who are in those classes, they will not play again for those universities. Um, it goes all across all the winter sports and certainly in the spring sports. Looks like, you know, they're canceled as well. Those are college athletes that, you know, may never pursue sports or may never have the ability to pursue sports after their college career. High school seniors that are, uh, you know, let's say, uh, you know, looking forward to a high school baseball season, they're a senior. I mean, I played baseball in high school. I know you did as well. I mean, like that's, I mean, those are things that are really, really disappointing on a, on a personal level. Like what happens in the National Hockey League, uh, you know, yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking, and from a business standpoint, it's frustrating for for those involved. But like, if we there's enough time, hopefully, to get back into play, and whatever the circumstances, we'll live with it and move on, and we'll get on, you know, and we'll have a great run if we can get to it. So, right. let's just hope that's the case. And if you know, people, as we we talked about all the time, you know, people like to, you know, that's the human nature is people do complain about things. But in the end, I think let's get through this. Let's be thrilled if we can do a good job at getting through this and, and making it something that's uh, as minimal as possible in our lives moving forward and uh, hopefully get back to the things as we know them. You want to do some tweets? Sure. All right. Sure. Chris says, hey guys, if the Olympics go on as scheduled, how much of an impact does this have on potential plans for the NHL to decide to run deep into the summer considering NBC will televise the Olympics? Well, I mean, the Olympics would be what twenty twenty two, correct? I think they're just talking about right. the summer Olymp, not not the Winter Olympics, the the oh, Summer Olympics summer coming Olympics. up this year. Oh, with NBC, yeah, with NBC. Um, hey, listen again; these are things. That, yeah. These are things that it is really hard to speculate. Uh, I know we're going into the final year of of a TV contract as well, so that's something that's going to business end. You know, uh, of things that. Is, is ongoing and has been ongoing probably for a while now. Really hard to say. Again, it's a question of time, Don. It's like anything else. It's just a question of time when we can get back to things. But the Olympics, which is a world event, I mean, it's it's really hard to know how that would unfold. So, again, it's just a guess on my part. It would only be a, a kind of a wild guess for me at this point. Yeah, I don't know how that works out, and um, we'll have to just kind of figure that out. I'm sure that's also very low. Uh, on the priority list as well. Um, uh, Keandre Miller has signed a contract with the Rangers, and Sally Muscles wants to know his chances of being on the roster next season. Hmm. I think his chances of being on the roster next season are very slim. Hmm. He's a right-shot defenseman. They have Fox, they have D'Angelo, they have Truba. Um, I think the plan for the Rangers is to have him go to Hartford and to play there and develop, continue to develop, and I think that's a, that's a really wise plan. I think Keandre needs that time, but I think there's a lot of upside. 
to his game. And uh, I think, you know, I like what's gone on with Hartford this year. I mean, that team has been uh, a much more competitive group. They've got a lot of good young players who are developing there. This is the ideal situation that you have the, the players at the NHL level that have really earned it and other players that have to go to Hartford and kind of have to prove themselves and have to, you know, learn how to be professionals. And, you know, I think the Rangers have to be really thrilled about the way things are rolling right now at the top two levels of their organization. Yeah. And I think DeAndre will go to Hartford next year, and that'll be the plan. And hopefully he'll continue to develop, and at some point he'll, be, he'll get a look. NJ Cookie Monster wants to know which teams benefit from the potential layoff, which teams are totally sabotaged because of it. Do the Rangers have a legit shot to leapfrog the teams ahead of them? Well, I think the Rangers would be one of the teams to benefit because they might have a healthy Chris Kreider at the end of this. Yeah, well, anybody that had injuries, right? Colorado. Had all these injuries, right? Colorado had significant injuries. Uh, anybody that had significant injuries, you know, St. Louis with Tarasenko, I mean, he was getting closer anyway, but this is just going to give him more time to build up his strength. Anybody has a shoulder injury and has that kind of soldier, shoulder surgery, the problem isn't coming back to be able to get up to speed legs-wise. It's, it's to have the strength in that upper body to hold guys off, and so that's why you need more time, and you know, it's good to, you know, for him that this is a great opportunity to kind of take advantage of that. So, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, Donnie, that's, that's uh, the teams that will benefit is anybody that has guys hurt that can get them healthy. And, and really, again, you go back to what the situation is going to be because it's great to have Chris Kreider back, but if we get to a, to a circumstance when we come back and we go right to the playoffs and whatever they decide, you know, the Rangers are under the cut line, well, then it doesn't matter. Right. So it really depends upon, you know, first and foremost, when we can get back, which teams are eligible to continue to play uh, by whatever setup they uh, they go with. And then those are the teams that if they have injuries, you know, they'll benefit. All right. Final one. Ricky says with the Islanders retiring 27 and 91, there are people out there who say they don't deserve it. What are, What's your criteria for a retired number? By the way, they deserve the numbers retired. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've been a big proponent of John Tonelli getting his number retired for many, many years, and I'm glad he did it. I'm really thrilled for Butch Goring as well. I think the Islanders should retire number six in honor of Ken Morrow because um, part of those four cups came right from the Olympic team. I think that's something that's important in this country as well, and he's worked for the Islanders organization, you know, for, for almost 30 years. So, you know, for me, I'd love to see Kenny Morrow get his number retired, too. I think he's very deserving. I think that's something that each organization has to consider. And the impact of that particular player on the uh, on their organization and on their fan base, I don't think there's any hard and fast rules. I don't think no. he necessarily has to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, Kenny Danico got his number retired by the Devils. I think that was very fitting. And, uh, you know, they... Yeah, I just saw Downer yesterday. We worked together yesterday. I saw Mr. that. Devil. I mean, there's a no-brainer to have his number retired. And In fact, I think John McClain's number 15 should be retired because of the impact he had on that franchise at a, at a critical time in their history. So I think really those are, those, each team has uh, would have their own kind of uh, idea if someone is worthy of that honor. But uh, right. certainly that with... With the eye, with Tanelli and and and, uh, and Goring, uh, you know, I'm old enough, and I was a big fan of those teams, and I watched them quite a bit. And I can tell you that there is no question that you know I have zero issue. Of course, with those and numbers being retired just because I saw the games and I saw how valuable they sure. were to the organization. They were so important. 
and it's not for some neutral person to look up stats and say he deserves he doesn't deserve it it's up to the fans like ken danico is something that just the devil fan felt was needed because he was such a leader and such important person it wasn't no really question, necessarily no. about the stats if you followed that team you understood his importance and maybe that doesn't translate to a fan out on the west coast or to even a ranger Islander fan here in the new york metropolitan area but to a devil fan that was a clear clear no-brainer listen be safe out there man we'll watch today obviously and try to take in drink in the last opportunity with ej and hopefully you're around next monday and just to to shoot it around a little bit we're going to come up with some kind of creative ideas when you say i hope you're around next monday i mean it i hope i'm around next monday too (laughs) we're just i mean available i guess is available is the way i meant i will be available because uh, after today it's going to be quiet time. So, yeah. uh, but that's for the, it's for the best. And everyone out there listening, I mean, really, stay safe. Mm-hmm. Do, what, uh, do what you should do. Listen to your, your local officials and, uh, you know, follow the, uh, the different thoughts of the expert scientists because, I mean, this is something we want to flatten that curve and get that's through it. it. And uh, if we all pull together, we can do it. So let's yeah. hope that's the case. All right. Be safe, buddy. You and your family. I'll talk to all you right. next week. Same to you and yours, buddy. All right. That is the great, and I mean the great, E.J. Raddick. Nice enough to join us here on a Monday. We'll have him again on next Monday. So if you were wondering, will game misconduct move on as forward? As of right now, it's going to. Obviously, things are very fluid. Things change almost by the minute. So as things stand right now on March 16th, the plan is to continue every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with the podcast for the foreseeable future. So back with you again on Wednesday. Hopefully, Leah Hextall is available. We just got word that they've closed the Canadian border, so she's not going anywhere. So hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to her on Wednesday. And the topic on the table will be top five hockey movies of all time. And uh, come, come up with your list. Tweet me at, at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. And that'll be the discussion on Wednesday, barring anything that may change. And, of course, if it does, I will let you know via Twitter. Talk to you again on Wednesday. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. Thanks for listening to the Game Misconduct Podcast. Looking for more Don LaGreca? Hear him on the Michael K. Show weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York and worldwide on the ESPN app. And don't forget to subscribe to the Game Misconduct Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.